It's Sunday, August 14th, 2016, and you are about to experience with your entire body episode 53 of Roll Up and Die. Gentlemen, we have liftoff. Episode what? What are we? What episode are we on? Fifty-three. Fifty-three of Roll Up and Die. Uh, amazing. It's it's amazing. It's amazing that we've made it this far. They oh my gosh! I oh my, my apologies ahead of time, guys. I've had such a busy day. I haven't thought about underwater adventures at all. <laughs> I've been thinking about the new Star Wars trailer, which is premiering today during the Olympics while we're yes. going to be talking. Very and likely, yeah. we forgot to put up the, the topic yeah. on our Facebook page. <laughs> so I just now did it. And so I'm just like hoping people are going to jump over there and ask a question hey, about underwater if, adventures. If we get one by the time we get to the, the question uh, from, from exactly. listeners, we'll, we'll be all set. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you, I mean, we're going to be like 40 minutes till we answer a question. We're going to. We've got to get one. I don't. It's going to be like Barker. Why can't you grow a full beard? And I'm going to be like, I don't care, man. I'm answering that question because at least you have a question. We've got something going. Something going. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, so uh, this this uh, this trailer. It's for Rogue One. Yes, it is for Rogue One, uh, a movie that I started out pretty excited for. Mm-hmm. I got a little more excited for it. After yes. seeing the trailers and the behind the scenes like featurette that they released, I am I very it's very, extremely possible that I will like this movie more than any other Star Wars movie. And that is a huge thing in my mind. Yeah. I, I have to kind of agree. I, I just because they're going off off script for the first time. Yeah. Like I, I don't mean off script, but off I don't know. It, they're, they're, all the others it had to tie into one another, and this one does too. Yeah, but exactly. Episodes, you're with, yeah, you're the with episodes are also about the Skywalkers kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're dealing with entirely new characters. I mean, apart from the fact that they have to do X, everything else can be can be. It's all different, which is yeah. the awesome part to me. Yeah, for sure. The one thing I'm a little sad about is that they're talking about perhaps not doing an opening crawl. Oh. And like, here's the deal is if they, if I was talking with Matt today about this, uh, who's not here on the podcast today, we have, uh, the splendid DBJ with us, which I'm going to be asking a, a Star Wars question to here pretty soon. Okay. Um, but I was talking with Matt about the opening crawl and I feel like the only way I'm going to leave that movie and not be a little disappointed if it, that it didn't have an opening crawl mm. is if the movie starts like in the thick of it. Unlike, yeah. you know, you know, if they really want to just blow your brains out uh, right, with an right. opening scene, <clears throat> if they don't do that, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Yeah, it's 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 so traditional. And it's I mean, it's kind of like the minute you see that that come up, you know, you're in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's it's hard to miss that. Mm-hmm. So but. so DBJ. Hey, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Favorite Star Wars movie? Um, I'm going to go with what I think a lot of people think is uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, yep. It's, and it, it's not just because it was, you know, it's darker and whatnot, but um, 
I fell in love with the way it ended because, you know, today we're, we're inundated with uh, sequels and reboots and, you know, uh, plans for movies. You know, in the next 15 years, we're going to have a slate of movies. And at, at that time, I thought that was going to be the last movie. I was like, wait, wow. and what? Like, wait, Han Solo's <laughs> dead and yep. Luke Skywalker got his hand chopped off and that's how the movie ends? What the <laughs> hell? You know, and, you know, and, w- and when you're a yeah. kid, you know, you're <clears throat> kid, you're like, t- to me, it, it, every movie felt final. Like that was like, yeah. here's the story. Yeah. And you, you know, I, I remember having debates with my friends like, you know, no, Vader was lying. That's not really his dad. He was just trying to throw him off. Like we, I mean, and this yeah. was like three. He's just messing with him. This was a three-year debate. Like, no, it's not his dad. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Like, are you kidding me? Give me back my skill. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really like the story about how uh, in the screenplay, in the script, um, it's it, Vader didn't say the the classic biggest twist of all time mm. i am your father in the uh in the script he says obi-wan killed your father in the original yeah. script and yeah. the reason they had it that way is so the not even the actors knew what the right. actual line was going to be except for uh except for mark hamill yeah, yeah. yep i just yeah. thought that was neat yeah no it, it, what made it good was the fact that it uh uh it wasn't a feel-good ending it wasn't um it wasn't this wonderful, you know. They everyone lost. Gets, every, every, yeah, everyone gets medals, and you know, yay, yeah. we're good. No, they lost, man. The yep. Empire won. Yeah, they won that round. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say that that is the best Star Wars movie. My favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. Mm, okay, but uh, I, yeah, I think yeah. Um, now, what's yeah. your favorite? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, with Return of the Jedi, you know, um, the Ewoks got a lot of flack from people. But they yeah. ha- they have to remember that like the Ewoks were cannibals, I mean they're they're man eating, bestial, ferocious. I mean they look cute, but they have appetites. I mean you see how many stormtroopers they ate. Oh man, yeah, that's they, so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, charisma eighteen, yeah, man, barbarians, scenes. dude. Yeah, that's that's the dark side of that movie that people missed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, it, how quickly we forget that the Ewoks were about to eat every protagonist in the <laughs> That's movie. That's right. Just eat them. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, but here's a, here's a different question, and this is, I think, a question that doesn't get asked a lot about Star Wars, because everyone has their favorite Star Wars movie. Most of the time, it's episodes four, uh, five or six, mm. um, sometimes four. Uh, I, I, I don't know why they named them four, five, and six. There aren't three other movies. But... Um, <laughs> my favorite question is what is your actually I'm about to disobey what I just said I'm about to go directly against it what is your favorite Star Wars opener your favorite Ooh. movie starter right after the crawl is done yeah. what is your favorite Alex the new one is pretty the new one is pretty good the force awakens oh yeah uh, because yeah, it yeah. it uh it starts off in what what they think is going to be a typical one and they just have this dark wedge that just like cu- you know yes, cuts across the, the planet and darkens it as it goes that, that was that, really that, cool. that was that was really well done visually just you know so it was yep. striking um I, I, I still say i still say uh, a new hope number 4 i i yep. love the you know that the angle of the you know the what is it the y wing 
Whatever. The uh, uh, no, the uh, you have the the Corvette being chased by chased. the Star Destroyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just comes above yeah. you. And oh yeah, Star Wars. Uh, the, I love the opening crawl and that op- and the the next scene, which is the large starship, because the opening crawl kind of it's. It's the movie's way of, of tucking everybody in. Like, okay, everybody, be quiet. Shh. Tuck in. Yeah, get ready. You know, hold on to your seats. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the music comes in, and you see this huge image, and the bass is loud, and it, like, shakes your seat and stuff. And I, I love how the movie starts mm-hmm. that way, because invariably, everybody shuts up, and then you're yep. just blown away. Like, that yeah. combination, and I hope, I, I do agree, like, with Rogue One, it would be cool to have it open with just a blast of, you know, just boom. You're just right in the middle of a war. You're running around. And then 10 minutes into the movie, you start seeing credits roll. Or, you know, you, you, not credits, but like the, the, the actors' names like placed in yeah. the background and such. That mm-hmm. would be cool, but I don't know. The opening It wouldn't crawl- be Star Wars. It wouldn't be yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Like, even the novels have opening crawls, man, at the beginning <laughs> of the novel. Even the comic books, even the, yeah. the cartoons. But uh, So, yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, I think. But either way, yeah. uh, the, the, movie, the content of the movie is what matters. I'm going to go out there and say that the best intro, I love The Force Awakens. I, that's probably tied for second with A New Hope. Uh, the one you named DBJ, mm-hmm. but my favorite is Episode Three. It's the uh, the intro where it starts playing the the bum 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 the drums, and mm-hmm. then the Force theme comes on while Obi Wan mm-hmm. and Anakin are flying their Jedi starfighters, and then they're in the battle over Coruscant, and mm-hmm. right as the Force theme crescendos, like that is just one of the most beautiful cinematic things in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. Never mind Star Wars. I just really, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the movie ruined it. But it was good for a little while. Yeah. I, it was great until people started talking. I, I like um, those, this. Is a, a, a side note to like this new Rogue One movie and the new movies in general. I love the fact yeah. that they are um, look bringing back the magic of the Force, where yeah. it's just it's just light and dark, and there will be non-Jedi and non-Sith Force users. Like, it is is a religion, it is something that can be studied, and it's not specifically Mm -hmm. reserved for a particular class of people, or, you know, and I I like the idea of, you know, of course, of Donnie Yen is going to be in Rogue One, and, you know, master martial artist, master choreographer and such, and, you know, he's going to he plays a blind character yeah. and mm-hmm. to know that you know yes you can have someone in a movie who's you know not a jedi you know he doesn't have to have a rank but this person believes in this this extra force in the universe and can use it i love that fact um, oh me too I, man I, and the character just looks so cool yeah i i've never liked I, i've never been a fan of the you know the 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 can the books that People tried to make canon. I think they are now. What's the term that they use? Legends. Legends. The legends. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. No. no. It's like I. I. There are some great Star Wars books, and we're gonna have to find a segue here pretty soon. I'm gonna look for one right after this. <laughs> I know. Are, I was trying. There are some great Star Wars I was, books. But I was fishing for one. You're fish. Oh man! Now I can't finish a sentence, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Fishing for one underwater adventures. Welcome everybody to roll up and die. Your 
uh, absolutely tardy RPG podcast. We're, I think, about 10 <laughs> minutes in and uh, still bantering. Uh, but yes, today uh, we are... Well, just welcome. Welcome to, to uh, Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. I always forget to do that part. <laughs> and my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And my name is uh, DeVabrian Jackson, DBJ for short. Um, um, here with you guys, man. Here to hang out. Yeah. Fill in for Matt Click. Happy to have you back, man. Yeah. Fill I, in I, for I Matt Click. I can't fill in for him. You know, here's, here, here's what I'm going to say. Matt, I feel a little bit outnumbered here because I'm the goofy ass. Like, that's who I am. And now I'm outnumbered by two very well-spoken, logically thinking very intelligent guys and i i can't handle being the first to talk so i'm just going to throw it to one of you guys to start talking about underwater adventures and how to do them well i'll just start by saying that i'm i'm i, I was looking forward to this episode not because i love underwater adventures but because i don't <laughs> i mean i i i have i have yep. i've always had a problem with underwater adventures i just i i have a hard time getting excited about them i, I have a hard time running them uh, you know, I, I just soon avoid them if I can, <laughs> and, and I and I <laughs> yeah. and and I don't like that. I, you know, I I, I want to like them. You know, because why the, the, is so, that? I have no idea. I'm not, and that, and maybe that's what I'll find out by by listening to this. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know, I just I I don't know. I mean, I have ideas about it. I have some cool thoughts on it. I have some, you know, ways it could be used. But I I, I don't have that like excitement of yeah underwater yeah you know yeah it just it just doesn't uh, doesn't hit me like that. So uh, I'm hoping I get that from this. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat actually. So we're gonna DPJ. You're you're in charge here. But no, okay. The, uh, <laughs> anyway, well, awesome. I'm. What I would like to talk about at some point during this. What I would like to learn about from you guys is different ways to uh, utilize the swim uh, ability mm, uh, skill. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing D and D, for instance, <clears throat> just different. Yeah. Not necessarily underwater, but water challenges. Uh, I think uh, we should talk about a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say that. Um, Second to Cthulhu, I think water is like one of the scariest things you can you can insert into yes. a world. Um, I, I mean, just in reality, the world is seventy percent water, and we don't know mm-hmm. much about its what's under the ocean, and mm. it, we don't regularly mm-hmm. visit the the depths of the ocean. You know, we um, humanity we we travel on you know ships above it and we play on the beach for vacation but that's about it there's a lot yep. of things there that are so alien um even alien even to creatures we normally see that uh swim in the upper reaches of the ocean um yeah. you know like dolphins mm-hmm. and whales dolphins and, you know yeah we we love dolphins yeah that's great but imagine what they see in their normal life as they travel around the world or in different mm-hmm. you know areas mm-hmm. i'm sure there are depths that they cannot go to just because they know they yeah, absolutely there. right and one of the things i was going to bring up was the uh, have you ever seen the tv show planet earth yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, there's a, awesome. a deep oceans episode which mm-hmm. goes from layer to layer all the way down to the bottom of the ocean absolutely recommended if you're thinking about doing anything under sea it's just uh, fascinating stuff yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I I do think that there's a uh, middle ground to just having an underwater adventure. Like, um, pun intended, you know, sometimes you might want to have your players just stick their toe in the water a little bit at, to slowly <laughs> yeah. introduce something. And uh, meaning, like, 
you could introduce uh, water as a hazard, and then when the players and the game master are used to using water as a hazard, to go into you know use it as a a full setting. So you could have mm-hmm. like flooded uh, buildings um, or chambers or you know a tomb or even a storm you know sweeps into a, uh, a popular town in your campaign and then now the mm. town is flooded so maybe the players are rescuing people or uncovering lost treasures or something and now they have to go from um areas of air to areas of you know mm-hmm. ankle length yeah. waist length you know <clears throat> diving underwater um maybe having utilizing the spells that'll help do that correct yeah and, and maybe that's just a a good way to in effect test the waters of adjudicating what can and cannot be done in mm-hmm. water so that if, if a problem comes up, uh, meaning rules-wise, game system-wise, yeah. that you can really hash those things out or, either, or come to an agreement if it's not listed somewhere. Um, because I find as a game master, water is such, it's such an environment that so many things change when it's in the water. So, yeah. so, yeah. so many... Th- just physically things change uh energetically like like electricity cold fire um, ecosystem changes oh, the sound wow. changes it's it really is like polar opposite in a lot of ways from from on the surface and you know i i was thinking about a different different levels of different parts of media that actually talk about underwater stuff and mm-hmm. then you start then i start to get inspired to be like you know what let's you know, maybe I could take the hunt for Red October and make a mm-hmm. submarine m- game, like where yeah. you serve under this magic sub or on this magic sub rather, or take, for instance, um, God, what's a what's an, another? Uh, oh, w- we were just talking about Star Wars Episode One. Mm-hmm. I know we don't want to talk about it, but you know, the <laughs> underwater city on Naboo. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are more than just you know monsters you can find underwater. There are entire civilizations. So. Where do I start, Alex, if I want to put something underwater uh, into my game? Where do I start to not make it, I don't know, silly or dumb or yeah. <laughs> bubbly? One of, one, of the, one, of the, one of the problems I always run into is try, I end up trying to put you know, situations from the surface into the water and, and, and they just don't fit, you know, because it, like you say, it's, it's a completely different environment. It's an, literally an alien environment, something that, something that we're not accustomed to. So anytime you're going to bring surface, uh, characters into that, they have to, they have to, they start off already having to have to make, you know, modifications to themselves. They either have to have some kind of magic that will allow them to, you know, to, to see and breathe and, and, and communicate underwater. Um, uh, either whether it's a, you know, more physical, magical protection, like some kind of uh, device that they are in or a, uh, uh, or magic placed upon themselves. They have to adapt to, to the situation. So, um, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the first thing is to think about uh, what is beneath the water. You know, what is mm-hmm. down there? Um, did, did it evolve there? Did it move there? You know, did it start on the surface and go back, go back to the water? Is it, you know, more fish or is it, you know, more mammal or, uh, as in the case of, of Star Wars there, more amphibian, you know, I guess. So, uh, you know, deciding what kind of life you're going to, you're going to have, uh, under, under your water and then thinking about how they would live, you know, because they're not, they're not going to live like people on the surface, um, 
like you were saying, there's there are different levels to the ocean. So for them, those would be um, different regions that they could that they could live in. You know, they they might mine uh, uh, different water from lower levels because it's it's you know denser and and has different things down there. So they might drop these. Uh, these uh, these canisters to harvest certain things from those levels that they can't even go to themselves. Oh, nice. And you also have to um, think about the conditions of the water. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you could have a community in a lake or river system um, or, you know, deep ocean. And I know, uh, you know, most of the time when we think of underwater adventures... Um, and exploring it that we think of the the deep o- ocean, you know, traveling miles mm-hmm. down and things of that nature. But the, between the surface and the bottom layer of the ocean, uh, there can be so many things that, you know, go on. It, there's there's a lot of life, um, big and small, mm-hmm. um, sentient and, and plant-like that can exist there that can, you know, become a hazard. And it, it's so strange because the the laws of nature change such as like gravity um you have to think in three dimensions mm-hmm. uh because yeah. most of the life underwater you know moves and travels and can sense in three dimensions and i believe a lot of uh players will feel um maybe overwhelmed by how much they have to prepare themselves for an aquatic adventure mm-hmm. you know you have to think of like you said communication uh breathing uh how long will they be down there? Because you have mm-hmm. to remember if they have to take everything with them, they can only go half as far with their resources because they need those same resources to travel back to, from whence they've come. So, right. you know, if they've got an hour yeah. of air, they can only travel a half an hour away at the most. And I, I, I think the the funniest thing would be to have this big adventure, go underwater, find a big treasure and then find out you cannot lift 800 pounds of gold to the surface, you know, because it's, it's heavy. How are you going to get it there? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, <laughs> sure. you know, when, when you, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say you just inspired in me uh, an idea to run a game where you actually, the, the players or the characters are from an underwater civilization and their shadow fell is the surface going mm. up to the surface, casting whatever spells they need to be able to breathe and then hunting the half elves and humans and stuff that, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that own the surface, not unlike mm-hmm. uh, a vampire would own a dungeon. Right. Right. That would be cool. Um, Idea you can steal. And, 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 mm. and, well, <laughs> well, and, and it would and it would inspire. You know, see, yeah, these creatures come up to to hunt, and you could have the players are the ones that they have to go and you know chase them back and find out why they're doing this, that kind of thing. So, yeah, for um, sure, great introduction for that. And uh, well, I'll say also um, too yeah. that um um when when those um creatures are or, or races are introduced that we we may think of we think of dividing um land because we live in a two-dimensional world right mm-hmm. so f- so for example we have you know one nation is on one side of a mountain range and one nation may be on the other side but in an aquatic environment there may be a division from not being able to travel below because maybe yeah, yeah. a certain class of merfolk are restricted from traveling to the 
to a nation below them. And maybe, you know, whether it's hunting or fishing or something. And also avoiding the, um, the in the past, like the, the Aquaman syndrome, where, mm-hmm. you know, w- w- once the characters are out of the water, they, they're kind of useless. Like, you really want to avoid that... Um, that portion of it because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you know, 98% of the things I can do are not possible in an air breathing environment. And, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. and vice versa for players who, who travel <clears throat> underwater, they're going, well, you know, how useful is my bard? I can't play my flute underwater, you know, or, or something, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But the flute can be used as like a snorkel. Like there, I mean, there are just tons of different things. I, wow, that actually would, would uh, hopefully you didn't have to be stealthy because whoever's on the surface would just hear a... It's like, what is happening? Is a truck backing up at the warehouse? What is going on here? Now, I, I, here's the thing that I, when I think of underwater adventures and I'm like, you know why, listeners, you know why you should do an underwater adventure and why you should too, Alex? is because after two or three sessions of these characters chasing this item or this person or whatever, Mm. I can't imagine anything or many things better than the characters finally realizing that this thing that they need to obtain is under the ocean or we need, how are we going to get there? Like it, it, they, it, it makes them really question Mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? Are we going to have to go undersea? Like that is, that's the final frontier when it comes to an RPG. So, so, so freak out your players. That's what I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) Always man. Always. Well, well, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a way to relate that to something the players may um, understand. I mean, um, to this day, there are people who are treasure hunters, um, and they, you know, they uncover um, information about lost ships and civilizations, and and the the rumors that you know uh, maybe a, a Templar treasure was placed on a, on, you know, a, a, a galley and it was lost at sea, and then they take this, you know, they gather people together, you take a ship, and they go out whether it's a lake or a river or, or middle of the Mediterranean or someplace and, and attempt to dive down and uncover these things. Mm. And it would be kind of um, interesting to have players as actual true treasure hunters, you know, diving mm-hmm. underwater, looking for things, interacting with creatures, m- interacting with people, and then returning to the surface to compare notes to do it again. And then imagining it, it would almost be like a, uh, a dungeon that changes over time. They would go underwater oh, to look yeah. for something, mm-hmm. and then when they return to the surface, their interactions would affect the population below upon their yeah. return, their second and third and, and fourth uh, return. And then maybe that population, maybe they're you know underwater beings, or maybe the party is mixed of air and aquatic beings. Who, you know, maybe this treasure could be a danger to, it's, it's treasure to us, but a danger to, um, an aquatic folk. And so finding it may be uh, possible and it could have been stolen away or eaten by a very large aquatic creature or something like that. Right. You you know, one of the, the reasons that you were such a, a good idea for coming on this episode, DBJ, is because of your cinematic environs series. Uh, and people, you can get this at, I, th- I believe, Critical Hit Publishing. This is where it's, it's yeah. sold. Yeah. Yes. It's basically yeah. an environment 
And you have a book about that environment and making your games more immersive. They're phenomenal. They're absolutely fantastic. And there are multiple versions. But one of the things that you said um, about this, which, again, is why I'm so happy you're on this episode, is what you said about underwater is you mentioned the fear factor. Because when I'm in a lake, okay, and I don't very often, and I just begin to think, what is underneath me? And just the, (laughs) the weight literal and metaphorical weight of what is underneath me it just it begins to freak me out because it's the absolute unknown is underwater Mm. and what a perfect place for your next horror game like you mentioned dbj it could be a a dungeon underwater maybe a shipwreck okay Mm. that you can go into and sweep through this horrifying location and, you know, hopefully, if you're lucky, uh, uncover the great god Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. But I just love the horror aspect of it. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. Because it, when you go underwater and you start, like, making bubble submarines for your characters, it usually ends up getting goofy. And that's why I'm kind of like mm-hmm. you, Alex. Yeah. I don't really do it very often. But it, it, I think I'm going to do it now, but it's going to be scary. Well, I actually have to tell you that um, TSR back in the 1980 to 83, Three, uh, I did a um, a video review of the um, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks uh, module yeah, for Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. and um, the, the long story short, it was a it was an adventure module to introduce science into Dungeons and Dragons at the at the time, and the the yep. next step of that was to create Gamma World to use the Dungeons and Dragons. Um, engine and create like science fiction and science fantasy and things like that. So the the entire adventure is a spacecraft that landed in Greyhawk in the Barrier Peak Mountains, was covered over, and then one day something moves, a door opens, and allows the player characters to enter. And inside of that adventure, there is a... Let's see if I can describe this. There is an um, aquatic region inside the spaceship um, and imagine it like a donut. So you have this aquatic a multi-level donut and in the center of it is an air pocket with like um, viewing chambers and an elevator um, that allows you to enter into the center of the the mass of the water and look out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But imagine thousands of years have passed and the creatures that live there, the plant life has completely taken over this place. And even back then, like to me, that's just a scary um, idea of having like murky water that mm-hmm. you can uh, yeah. you, you swim in and you just don't know what's rubbing against <laughs> you. You don't know what's grabbing <laughs> your leg. Um, water, water is allowed to hide some of the most massive creatures in the world. And they can oh, just yeah. glide right past you. You know, it, in, in an air environment, you know, you, you tell your players it's a giant green dragon or, you know, it's a giant purple worm or something. And, you know, you, you hear it thundering through the, the mountains. But, yeah. you know, a giant whale, you know, it can swim right well, past yeah, you. Yeah, and, and in a fantasy world, you can do that, you know, even bigger. I mean, you can have... Um, uh, let's just say they're underwater and you see something start to swim past you and it's... It's just, you, they just see the wall of flesh. They can't even see, like, the full extent of this thing passing them. And yeah. uh, and it takes, like, two minutes for it to finish swimming past them as it goes. And they just have no idea what it looked like 
just that it was that big, <laughs> you know, which yeah. would be cool too. I think that's incredible. I, uh, uh, I, I, oh my God, I'm, I, we're getting a few questions on roll up and die, which is good. Oh, oh good, cool. good. But good. the bad thing, the downside is that I'm actually reading them and I'm like, oh no, wait, no, not yet. <laughs> but I, I feel like this one's actually, uh, a good question. Um, how would you make your party feel the strain of their bodies and the pressure of the ocean mm-hmm. as they descend deeper mm-hmm. and deeper? Mm-hmm. And the reason yeah. this caught my eye is that I have a recording studio and I love doing stuff with audio. And mm-hmm. what I would do, and I've never done this before, so I don't know how this would work, but what I would do <laughs> is I would uh, take uh, an audio file of uh, the ocean, right? You hear the waves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And what I would do is I would put what's called a high pass filter on that, removing, mm-hmm. or excuse me, a low pass filter, removing all the high end splashing sounds. So mm-hmm. everything sounds muffled like that. Yeah. And yeah. slowly crank that up, slowly but surely, of co- or over the course of the description of what it's like to descend deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. So that just deafening sub bass frequency is yeah. just invading their ears i'm doing that next session <laughs> and 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 actually something another good one would be have that deep sound but have just a heartbeat it's their own heartbeat because that oh. you know when you're underwater that's kind of what you hear you some you sometimes hear your own heartbeat because yeah. that's, everything else is 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 muffled so much that that sounds louder suddenly and, so it's like and then and then slowly but surely simon and garfunkel the sound of silence comes in <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's it, you know, it's that's an interesting thought because there there are kind of two ways, sort of, to uh, to run one of these underwater ventures. It can be, uh, it, you can make it so that the threat is specifically only from from what's down there. In other words, the creatures, the uh, the monsters, that sort of thing. <clears throat> Yeah. And 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 the characters ha- have pretty much everything else covered. They've got magics and and devices to keep them breathing, and you know the pressure doesn't crush them, and they can see and talk and all that stuff. So that's handled. So now yeah. they have to do a deal with is the horrors down there. The other option is dealing with the the the, the terror of being underwater, like you were describing this this, this massive pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you know as you as you descend in the water, you just feel the pressures pushing in on you you feel your eardrums you know uh, uh you know they feel the pain building in those you feel the just everywhere I yeah feel just this massive water around you and and a human body can't go that deep before it actually feels <laughs> before it actually begins to like suffer. crush yeah, yeah because, think about all the weight that is on top of you i mean that's yeah that is crazy well right yeah it's just it's 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 just incredible and and so uh, there would have to be something to protect yourself against, de- you know, some, some of the, some of the, you know, s- some of the even moderately crushing depths, because otherwise, you know, you're not going to be able to go much deeper than say, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the deepest uh, unequipped dive goes, but um, I know that it's not as deep as most. Um, no, how you know. far can a human being dive? <laughs> and the. That's what uh, this for. The new world record for deepest scuba scuba dive after plunging yeah. uh, more than one thousand <clears throat> feet. So wow, yeah. Well, and the thing is, it sounds like a lot, and it is. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, that that's that's only like what what a you know like uh, it's only like fifth, nine fifth, of me. Uh, well, fifth, 
<laughs> was well, what a, a fifth of a mile basically yeah yeah um, it's really not that much. you know so when you i mean you can see a mile on a highway if, you, if you're on a stretch of highway you can see a mile yep. and if you look at that and you're only going a fifth of that it you know it's not terribly deep when you really think about it but um but the pressure is yeah. is brutal. yeah it's pretty yeah. i imagine it's pretty deep I, I don't know where the sun stops shining but that's one thing you should describe yeah. is there are uh parts of you know in the ocean once you get past a certain depth, it's always dark. That's right. It's always dark and it's always freezing. Um, at, there are creatures at the bottom of the ocean that only eat the carcasses of dead things that fall to the bottom of the ocean. Like yeah. they're, they're, it, it is an absolutely uninhabitable place, but still life finds a way to thrive yeah. there in every form. And just remember that when you're going in that this is remember that light fading remember that warmth going away yeah. remember every benefit of being on the surface like dbj said this is the polar opposite now this is a completely different place and and yeah. using the the um the hazards of of diving underwater i mean you'd have to remember you know not just the pressure but th- this this idea that you may not be able to see or feel anyone else around you, even if they're next to you. You know, you'll be very isolated, very alone. Um, and all the items you take with you, you know, as adventurers, we talk about Dungeons and Dragons and someone's got their armor and their shield and things. I mean, sealed containers will will collapse under extreme pressure. You know, um, a, a sword dropped will fall you know, two miles to the ocean depths. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so trying to, to, to dive in chainmail armor is, is foolhardy. So rethinking how uh, the players are able to go into the, to the depths without, you know, the, the, um, the caveat of just using magic to avoid everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, or just... Oh, man, I, what I'm thinking is the armor, actually. If you could find a spell that'll help you water breathe... And then put on your full plate armor, man. You'll go right to the bottom. That's exactly what you want. That's a that's a great way to start an adventure. All right, we're gonna we're gonna skydive. We're gonna water dive down into this I don't know underwater base wearing full plate. What about your with, with bubbles around our heads? What about your right. your warforged or gearforged characters? Oh, oh man. Yeah. We don't like them anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That, that actually, I remember in the Eberron campaign setting, there's a story. Maybe it's not in the Eberron campaign setting. I could be stealing someone else's idea right now and not giving them credit. I'm certain I am. But there was a story. It might be a Chris Perkins thing. Uh, a Warforged was uh, accidentally caught in a fishing vessel or something, and it served as a non-player character, and that Warforged... A Warforged hasn't been seen in this world for a thousand years, and the reason is because he died in an ancient battle, but he didn't actually die. He just got sunk and got pinned by the mast of the ship and has spent the last (laughs) 1,000 years on the bottom of the ocean. And so, uh, like, just imagine what kind of cool life you can find down there. Oh, awesome. How terrifying is that? Actually, oh, you know what would be cool, too? Maybe maybe, uh, the Warforged, since they're constructs anyway, ones that are designed almost like submarines or, or, you know, diving bells to sort of, uh, you know, they have have, uh, air pockets and they can can, uh, uh, inflate and compress to, you know, sort of, you know, raise and lower themselves in the water. So basically they were were built for underwater use. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's cool. And, and you know, you could um a, a a good thing is to uh steal ideas from movies. I mean, 
you, yeah. your your top three well-made movies about like underwater submarines you've got hunt for red october yep. you have um crimson tide and, yeah, oh God, and you that. have U571, uh, a very early Matthew McConaughey movie. And mm-hmm. so, they, so everybody <clears throat> chug two beers and take one sip right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen the Wait, third one. And, and The Abyss. Yeah. Uh, gonna, uh, two sips, two, two drinks. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't even keep track anymore. I haven't seen The uh. Abyss, but I've wanted to. But uh, that kind of tells, shows you the horror, right? The horror yeah. factor of being underwater. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Abyss does it really well too. I mean, it's um uh without without giving away too many spoilers, there there's a lot of situations where you can uh, you can feel the, the 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 pressure of the water almost. You can sense that uh the 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 situa- the danger of the situation they're in. Oh, and man. when things begin to go sideways, you know, it goes in a big way. One of my favorite scenes is is uh I, I won't spoil it for for you, but DBJ when the uh uh, when the when 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 the cord is like uh, spiraling down onto the onto the sea floor. Yes, that's yes. one of the best scenes in the whole movie, man. Yeah. It, it, it's just awesome. Well, it's it's because the the entire time, um, it is it is the delayed reaction of a horror that you know is coming. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. The, you know what that is. I am a huge snob when it comes to horror, and the reason is because. <laughs> A man with a knife chasing you is scary. Yeah. But knowing that you're about to uh, be buried behind a wall alive is horrific. Yeah. And so I like real horror like that. I'm not a big fan of the scary boo stuff. Well, and this isn't giving anything away with with that movie because a lot of the the aquatic, you know, submarine type movies, you know, something will fall or, or be dropped from the surface and then yeah. and you spend the entire time you know they're everyone's quiet and you know you someone's on the radar screen like looking for whatever it is that's going to you know hit them and then yep. it's just a countdown to okay when will the horror hit when will this I, i'm going to suffer pain i'm going to have to wait for it to arrive like that's to me under yep. being in an aquatic environment like that would really yep. um really scare me like just not only do we have living things underwater, but you still have the the environment, um, volcanoes, uh, earthquakes, um, rock slides, uh, th- things of that nature, yeah. uh, the, the frigid temperatures, um, all those things combined and just sprinkling them in a little bit at a time, I think, would really uh, ramp up the fear and the the ability for your players to work through a situation um Mm. you know because you know they're working on multiple levels okay so you have to watch out for pressure um the players can't communicate very well with each other uh something that i think was done very well in the the abyss movie is that you had um they had these submersibles and then they also had a centralized like underwater i guess it was supposed to be an underwater uh mining rig and yeah. The, the spatial geometry between being within um, an air-breathing location, being able to dive underwater to swim out to, say, one of the submersibles, and maybe it's moving further away, and and the, the actors are in various locations. Like, I, I love the idea of having this um, internal clock that's ticking away mm-hmm. as yeah. maybe yeah. someone has to swim from, you know, maybe this... Um, 
this you know war forged or like golem like aquatic structure to a place that's you know a refuge and you know how far do they have to swim do they have enough breath to make it there do they do they drop their pack to allow them to swim faster or is it important for them to you know to carry their unconscious friend with them you know i i love yeah. players having to make those decisions and then discovering how those are happening now just to give a little bit away um uh, alex and i have dived deep into the the waters of creating you know an environment of this type um the expectation of if and or when it gets released is not you know not open but yeah we've thought of all these things and more hey hey this we're we're talking to people in the future right now dbj so some people might be listening <laughs> to this episode five years from now so check, right. well, yeah, you might as well check over at critical hit publishing and just see if there's an underwater environs if not then wait a little while it could if be so, there by now if so i you know i i hope well that's i hope case. we're all still here in 2020 Hell, it's in its third printing now, next door to, uh, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, don't you love how we released Cinematic Environs yesterday? You know. <laughs> and, and, and the Cinematic Environ aquatic movie was just made? Yes. Oh, oh, man. That really, that, that was a big hit. Man, you're writing checks right now, Alex. You're writing checks. Uh, do you guys want to take a question from the listeners? Cause we yeah, have yeah, that'd be great. And we're going to answer both of them, I think, because <laughs> none of them have any likes. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what? I'm, I'm impressed for 45 minutes. All right. Ben B. asks, how do you make an underwater adventure with PCs who do not have a natural swim speed and slash or capability of breathing water? So they can't breathe or they yeah. their characters don't have you know good swim. So how do you still run the underwater adventure? There's also a second question, which is, and for that matter, how do you handle a character drinking a potion underwater? And my immediate response is when you go underwater, the, the physical, uh, the physical senses are now the opposite. The, the, uh, the light is now dark. The warmth is now cold. Put aside the dice. The dice is now diceless. Really? I would go all narrative with it. Uh, when there's, when you're like at, at the very least on, when the characters are on their way to the underwater dungeon, when they're yeah. first going into the water, I, I would be I would do. Comp I wouldn't go mechanics at all. I would be yeah. completely freestyle with it, and I wouldn't allow someone to drink a potion underwater. I think that would be a caveat. <laughs> you know, like you open that potion and it's already diluted. It's not magical potions. Right. If even like read something like Harry Potter, magical potions. If you stir it the wrong number of times, it's going to be bad. So if you open <laughs> it underwater, it's not like a Gatorade, and you'd still be able to get some Gatorade. It's it, it, it's ruined. Um, yeah. To to go with the um, the unskilled party idea, um, I would I would tend towards the the flooded structure, right? To to introduce something like that. So, for example, um, a picture any disaster movie where there's like um, an ocean liner sinking or like um, mm, yeah. a, a building that's like you know flooding with water and and, and things of that nature. Player characters without like a particular you know, swimming specialty to them mm -hmm. could still be forced to um, um, dive underwater to save their friend because the the water's rising. There's only six inches of air, and and eventually the water will rise, and they'll be completely submerged underwater. But they're trapped behind, say, a, a an iron gate, right? Yeah. So the players have to you know break the the lock on an iron gate as it fills. Um, 
or watch Titanic. There's a lot in there. Absolutely, that's Titanic. Very similar to what you're saying. Um, and the, the Poseidon Adventure. Oh my gosh, the, the, the original one, particularly. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Awesome. good. Oh yeah, and and then you you know you could even um, um, as hard to describe this as possible. You could take a structure and flip it on its side, and then start filling it with water. Right. So yeah. the steps don't run vertically. Yeah. Maybe the hallways run horizontally instead. And the players have to, you know, navigate through windows and things. Um, yeah, I also- absolutely. I love that idea. Just take just pick a place. D- forget mm-hmm. the water. Pick a place and then fill it with water Ooh, and ask what- yourself. What would happen to that place? What would happen to the stuff in this mansion if this mansion were now under the sea? You know, what would what would happen to this uh, uh, fortification if the tide came in because of an, an, an underwater earthquake and a tsunami washed it all under under the ocean? Like, yeah. that is fun stuff to really think about. Yeah. Well, you can even have a whole subterranean structure that you access from the shore like they may not have intended to go underwater and they follow the they follow these tunnels um and then find out that they're actually beneath the ocean at this point yeah you know, without realizing it they they come into this chamber and they can see that they're they're the dripping. now you know un- underwater yeah there's that they can yeah right the, there's this this salt water coming in yeah <laughs> i uh, you know that's the it's interesting because the idea that we can steal is kind of like the next question that- uh callie uh, S has asked us, uh, "Am I too late for questions?" And oh, I no. said, "Nope, hurry!" And just now, and I mean just now, literally, <laughs> Callie asked a question. Actually, no, no, Callie didn't. Callie said, "Well, that was the question. Am I too late for questions?" So <laughs> the answer is no. And uh, and wow, totally pulled a fast one, and <laughs> that's live on Roll Up and Die. Okay, but our final question is. From Dewey B, uh, which is an awesome name, by the way. Uh, what are some interesting locations to explore underwater that break the norm? And I think now is the time for our idea you can steal. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, Let's yeah, make some interesting, uh, interesting underwater uh, locations. And today right. I have my 12-sided D6. Oh, okay. I was thinking about it. No, no, no. That, I had to say it quickly so you wouldn't because I, I, this is my fine. first time I'm ever going to use it. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> So uh, I am going to be, wait, it's 12-sided. I'm going to be one through four. Wait, what am I thinking? No, I'm going to be one to two. <laughs> Alex, you're going to be three to four. DBJ, okay. you're going to be five to six. It's still a D6. Sure. I'm just confusing myself. Sure. And it is a two. Um, I am going to g- immediately say that I really, really, really liked the idea of the underwater uh, some sort of structure, whether it's a ship mm-hmm. Uh, or an underwater fortress or something like that, taking something that we're familiar with and putting it underwater and making it so some chambers are not filled with water, some chambers are completely filled, some chambers are half filled. So it's it's like because of the way the air pockets were set up, mm-hmm. uh, you can go down in there and yeah. find places where there's air. So I'm going to roll again and you take it away, uh, DBJ. Sure. Um, I'm going to say that this structure is a um, from a prosperous town. It is a keep from a which used to be a prosperous town, and cool. over time the water level has risen. So imagine this keep on a you know on a cliffside, but now the cliff is is um, <clears throat> completely submerged, and all you see are the peaks and 
the uh, castle tops of um, this sunken location. So there nice. are um, there are air pockets. Um, there are locations to travel to this keep, but they're completely submerged. And the king of this location had an an escape route, an underground tunnel that was dug um, to allow the royal family to escape and leave and um, hopefully to return. But time's been lost, so now the players can have found the entrance to this underwater tunnel that they have to transfer to get to the keep to find an area where there's breathable air. And they don't know how far they have to travel in the dark down a dark tunnel that may be collapsed to get to air. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, what do they find, Alex? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's okay. do this fair and square. <laughs> all right. Okay, Alex. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to think, that, I'm going to say that, that, that this king was seen as mad. Um, he, he was he was seen as crazy when he built this because he built it, uh, or he had, a, he had a wizard, an advisor of his, build this thing out of iron. So it's, it's, a, it's a massive iron keep. That it, that is now submerged. So you have these iron spires thing up. This, they're covered in rust, and uh, and pitted, and uh, and inhabiting there are still these warforged that were built at the same time the keep was that maintain it, and uh, um, they are uh, they they are currently maintaining the in, the inside of this thing, maintaining its its integrity, but it's failing. And the uh, the king himself is still inside, held in uh, in stasis. Um, while they tr- while they try to repair this thing and keep him and, and keep him alive at the same time, and to do that though, they they need resources on the outside that they are now coming to uh, to get and and uh, and pull back to this place for you know of course the 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 party doesn't know that at the beginning. Oh, very cool. That, that's awesome. I, I'm I'm immediately getting visions in my head of like the king's old alchemy room and now it's flooded so there's just potions are mixing together and creating just really weird things in the water and and like you, you'll have uh yeah. different secret passages and things that are crumbling and oh that's this place sounds awesome i want to run it already i i guess almost see the king is like a captain nemo type of character you know he's 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 uh, he's driven and he's mad and and uh but he's built this but he's had this incredible place built and and yeah it's, yeah it, that could be a cool setting awesome absolutely well uh if uh, keep keep your eyes peeled everybody for on critical hit publishing this is also on drive through rpg uh, you can get uh, the cinematic environs books and keep your eyes peeled for the underwater one. Uh, when it's going to be released, we'll never know. Uh, perhaps it already is for you now. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you, DBJ, for joining us. This has been an awesome episode, uh, super inspiring, and it got me thinking about some underwater adventures that I might run. And uh, it's as always, it's awesome to have you on. Why, why thank you very much. Thanks for uh, having me back. Um, I've, you know... Uh, crowned myself the uh, the environmental uh, expert here, uh, with that having zero experience with it at all. But um, but I, I love to uh, to indulge in it and think about it and just um, you know throw some great ideas out there and hope people enjoy it. Awesome, awesome, cool. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to Roll Up and Die, your better late than never RPG podcast. My name is Barker, and my name is Alex, aka Captain Gothnog. 
Oh, go ahead, DBJ. Yeah. My cable just came out of the, the computer. I apologize <laughs> I was for like, that. I was like, he left He left us, and part of me was like, you know what? Better now than 20 minutes ago. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> I took a dive, guys. Come on now. Took a little swim, came back up. You didn't see me? <laughs> hey, that's the segue at the end of the episode. It's perfect. Oh. <laughs> and, and as always, DBJ, go ahead and talk. Uh, sign off, talk about your uh, YouTube channel really quick so people can check you out, as well yeah, as your uh, the stuff that you work on. Hey, I apologize. I've been vacant from my YouTube channel, but it is still available. I have a lot of videos on there, um, hundreds of them. Uh, please watch them and uh, try not to eat heavy foods when you do so. Um, uh, to to uh, <laughs> to find them, the easiest way to find them, instead of like trying to type out my this. name, is uh, I love this. Yes, is uh, bring back the magic. And you will find yeah. some of my very first videos where I talk about simple things like plus one swords and potions of healing and how to like make them new. And then from there, you can find all of my rants, all of my ramblings, and um, <laughs> and there's little nuggets of things that will uh, help people out in those videos. And of yeah. course, um, the reason why I'm not having been doing videos is because I've been writing. So. Yeah, they go hand that in. takes a lot of time. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Um, and, it, and so go hand in hand, um, hand in hand with the videos and the writing and such. Um, all of it is just to, as I've always signed off on all of my videos, um, just be creative. Do not destroy. You know, just just um, create, whether it's uh, socially or uh, create a better environment for role playing. And, of course, create very dynamic environments because that's the, the air quotes character that should be in that I feel should be in all role playing games. That's it. And Absolutely. and I can't think of a better sign off. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>